good, good, um, good evening, everyone. This is John Day here with the Weekday Bugle. Um, and so, Russia has, um, they've continued their assault on Ukraine um, through the Don, um, in the Donbass region. But not only that, but um, in response to the sinking of the Moskva, the um, leading warship in the um, Black Sea Fleet that Russia has, um, it seems like the Russians are retaliating by uh, continuing to attack Mariupol. It's, over the weekend, they gave the Ukrainians an ultimatum on um, the surrender by Sunday at 6 a.m., I think. And if not, they would continue the assault. And so, the Ukrainians turned down the offer and chose the latter. They chose um, to die. So, the Ukrainians are fighting at the every last man. And the situation really... Is this? It's it's far worse than it was about eight weeks ago when they, when they started defending Mariupol from from the from the rebels and the Russian army. So you it went from the whole city, be it went from the whole city of Mariupol, um, holding off against the Russians, surrounded on all sides, and now there's only two pockets of defenders left, and it ain't looking so well, at all. So. Um, Mariupol International Airport has been taken by the Russians. Um, that's a big problem. And, uh, and, uh, Primor- Primorsky, Primorsky, um, district, um, is, uh, is, is one of the last pockets of, um, defenders. And then you have, um, you have, you have, um, Azovstal, um, Iron and Steelworks, which is, the last, um, those are the only two pockets of defenders left in Mariupol. Other than that, all the areas are red, surrounded by, surrounded by, they're all surrounded by Russian troops on all sides. And the latest develop, the latest development for this was on the 10th of April, which is when the Russian soldiers divided the whole city of Mariupol into two, into two pockets of defenders. And that's all they have. Russian forces reached the middle of Mar- uh, Mariupol um, on the 18th of March. Um, so you have on the Russian side you have um, command you have command you have Commander Alexander um, Dvornikov, who I think I believe that's the new general that they that uh, Putin just appointed. Then you have um, the the deceased. Um, and Andrei Andrei Sukovsky, um, who was dead, killed in action. Ad, Adam Delenkinov, um, and then you have the late Oleg Mitayev, and then you have the late um, Andrei Pal, um, Pali, who was with the Black Sea Fleet Landing Forces, who was dead as well. You have Colonel Alexey Sharov, he's also dead. Um, eight ten, um, the eight hundred, the uh, eight eight tenth Marine um, Brigade, and then you have um Ruslan um Jeremiev, who's also alive. Then you have Denise um for, for the fighting for the um the Donetsk People's Republic, um Denise um uh, Pushilin, which I believe he is the so-called president of the um, Donetsk People's Republic, and then you have uh a come uh. Uh, Donetskian commander Timir Karulikin. On the Ukrainian side, you have um, 
Voldemir um, Baranyuk um, with the 36th Naval Infantry Brigade. And then you've got uh, Denise, Denise um, Prokopenko with the Azov Battalion, which is that neo-Nazi group that I told you all about. They are also um, helping in the defense against um, Russia. Um, then you have uh, Serhii Volnia um, with the 36th Naval Infantry Brigade. Then you have um, then you have Sibyetslav um, Palomar also with the Azov Battalion. So a lot of the, so the Azov Battalion is um, extensively involved in defending Mariupol, and it has been since 2014. Uh, the Russian strength, uh, the Russian personnel have about four. They got the Russians have about 1,400 personnel. Um, um, fighting here in Mariupol, and then you got the Ukrainians. Um, their estimate of soldiers on their side is thirty-five hundred personnel, with a what plus eight hundred Azov battalion members. And then Russia says they have about eight thousand. So Russia thinks they have system that the Ukrainians have significantly higher numbers than than in reality, which what the Ukrainians say is thirty-five hundred of them. Cat um, the Russian casualties so far. Um, 350 wounded, um, and Russia says on the Ukrainian losses, 4,000 killed, uh, 1,464 captured, uh, one, one or four, um, 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 mil, my eight, um, um, Twin turbine helicopters, also NATO reporters. The NATO reporters call call the call them hips. It's a medium twin turbine uh, helicopter. Shot down. That's well, one to four of them, and the casualties per Ukraine, I think, on all sides are twenty one hundred civilians dead, two thousand to two twenty thousand to thirty thousand people deported to camps in remote cities in Russia. Shelling began on the 24th of February, the day the invasion began. Russian artillery bombarded the city, reportedly injuring 26 people when the first shots opened fire on Mariupol. On the morning of the 25th of February, Russian forces advanced from the Dom, the next People's Republic territory in the east towards Mariupol. They encountered Ukrainian forces near the village of, uh, of, 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 of Pavlopil. Um, with Ukrainian forces defeating the, defeating the Russian advance. Vadim Boychenko, mayor of Mariupol, said that 22 Russian tanks have been destroyed in the skirmish. The Russian Navy, drawing on the capabilities provided by the Black Sea Fleet, reportedly began an amphibious assault on the, on the Sea of Azov, a coastline 43 miles west of Mariupol in the evening of the 25th of February. An American defense official stated that the Russians may have deployed thousands of Marines from this beachhead. On the 26th of February, Russian forces continued to bombard Mariupol with artillery. Later, later the government of Greece announced that 10 ethnic Greek civilians have been killed in the Russians, by the Russian strikes in Mariupol. Six in the village of Sartana and four in the village of Buhas. On the morning of the 26th of Fe- 27th of February, Boychenko said that a Russian tank column had advanced on, from Mar- on Mariupol from the DPR. But this attack was repulsed by Ukrainian forces with six Russian soldiers captured. Later that day, a six-year-old girl in Mariupol was killed by Russian shelling. Pavlo, Pavlo um, Kur, 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 Kurilenko, 
Governor Donetska Blast said that fighting in Muriel would continue throughout the night on the 27th of February. Throughout the 28th, the city remained under Ukrainian control, despite being surrounded by Russian troops and constantly shelled. Electricity, gas, and internet connection to most of the city was cut during the evening. Later, according to Radio, Radio Free Europe or Radio Liberty, Russian Major General Andrei um, Sukhlovsky was killed by a Ukrainian sniper near Mariupol, but other sources said that he had been killed during the Kiev offensive. On the 1st of March, Denise Pushilin, the head of the DPR, announced that DPR forces had almost completely surrounded the nearby city of Volnokhava and said that they would soon do the same to Mariupol. Russian artillery later bombarded Mariupol, causing over 21 injuries. The city was fully surrounded by, by March the 2nd, after which the siege intensified. Russian shelling killed a teenager and wounded two, two other teenagers when they were playing soccer outside. Boychenko announced the city was suffering from a water shortage, uh, from, from a water outage, and had experienced massive casualties. He, said, he also said the Russian forces were preventing civilians from exiting. Later on the 2nd of March, Russian artillery targeted a densely, the densely populated neighborhood of Mariupol, shelling it for nearly 15 hours. The neighborhood was massively damaged as a result, with Deputy Mayor Sergei Orlov reporting that at, least that at least hundreds of people are dead. On the morning of 3rd, on the 3rd of March, the city was shelled again by Russian troops. Edward, Edward, Edward Basurin, uh, the spokesman for the DPR militia, formally called on the besieged Ukrainian forces in Mariupol to surrender or face targeted strikes. The Russian Ministry of Defense spokesman Igor, Igor Konashenkov reported that DPR forces have tight, have tightened, had tightened the siege and that, nearly, and, that three nearly, and that three nearby settlements had been captured. On the 4th of March, Boychenko stated, stated that the city's supplies were running out and called for a humanitarian evacuation corridor and Ukrainian military reinforcements. He also stated that that the Russian that Russian MB that the Russian BM twenty one grads were shell were shelling the city's hospitals and that Mariupol. Hold on. Later, um, um, he later he also later stated that. Russian BM-21 grads were shelling the city's hospitals, and that Mariupol residents no longer had heat, running water, or electricity. Later that day, a temporary ceasefire was proposed for the Mariupol region in order to allow citizens to evacuate. On the 5th of March, the Ukrainian government announced its desire to evacuate 200,000 civilians from Mariupol. The International Committee of the Red Cross announced that it would act as a guarantee for a new ceasefire to allow this evacuation. The Red Cross described the situation in Mariupol as extremely dire. After three days of shelling, a ceasefire was announced to be in effect from 11 o'clock to 16 o'clock. Civilians began to evacuate from Mariupol along the humanitarian corridor to the city of, of Zyporzizia. 
As civilians entered the evacuation corridor, Russian forces continued shelling the city, forcing evacuees to turn back. Ukrainian authorities later reported that Russian forces had failed to observe the ceasefire and continued to shell the city. Russian officials accused Ukrainian forces of not allowing civilians to evac evacuate towards Russia. The DPR reported that only 17 civilians had been evacuated from Mariupol. On the 6th of March, Red Cross announced that a second attempt to evacuate um, the civilians from Mariupol had failed. Anton Harishchenko, a Ukrainian official, said that the second attempt at a humanitarian corridor for civilians in Mariupol ended with a Russian bombardment. The Red Cross reported that there were devastating scenes of human suffering in Mariupol. Later in the morning, Inas um, um, Sovson, a Ukrainian member of parliament, stated that the fuel pipeline that supplies Mariupol was damaged by Russian forces, leaving more than 700,000 people without heat and suggesting that, suggesting that people may freeze to death as the temperatures at the time also fell below zero degrees Celsius, in other words, 32 degrees Fahrenheit for us Westerners. The bombardment also hit the city's last functioning cellular tower. Get down to where we're at now. So here's the latest news about it. Now that was just a little rundown of the, of the beginning and kind of the middle of the siege in Mariupol. On the 15th of April, a, a Ukrainian military commander issued a plea for military reinforcements to come and break the siege in Mariupol. He said that the situation is critical and the fighting is fierce, but that sending reinforcements and breaking out the siege can be done and it must be done as soon as possible. That same day, Ukrainian Defense Ministry spokesman Alexander um, Motosanyik reported that Russia started using uh, two, two, uh, 222 M3, um, they're called uh, Tupolev um, 222 M's, um, also called a NATO reporting name Backfire. Um, um, they were. They were using they were using those um, to strike targets in Mariupol. During the day, Russian forces captured the base of the Ukrainian National Guard's 12th Operations Brigade in western Mariupol. The 16th of, on the 16th of April, DPR troops also seized a police station near Mariupol's beach. Subsequently, Russia announced all urban areas of the city had been cleared. with Ukrainian forces only remaining at the Avastol plant. However, fighting was reported to be continuing near, 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 Flots, near Flotskaya Street, near the western uh, Primorsky district. And this is still ongoing. So there's only two small, tiny pockets of resistance left. The whole rest of the city is under Russian control. And they said that they've, um, that they're ordering all, that the Russians are ordering all the men to be, quote, filtrated. Their phones checked, their documents seized, and they said they're going to, they said they're being sent to filtration camps, quote unquote. You notice, this is all of the men. They're, they're ordering every single man, every single male within the city of Mariupol to be sent to, fil quote, filtration camps. So, one might look at this and say, 
they're probably and that and one can observe and say they're probably going to be used as conscripts to force to be fight against their to force to be forced to fight against their own country in the coming weeks. And they're checking their phone. They're checking their phones and they're seizing their documents and taking everything they got of personal value. And then they're going to send them to the filtration camps to get them set up, probably to go fight against their own countrymen. Um, so, in other words, um, the the um, the Tupolev, which I was talking about, is a it's a um, a supersonic, variable sweep sweep wing, long range strategic and maritime strike bomber developed by the. Uh, the Tupolev Design Bureau in the 1960s. So it's an old so, so it's an old Soviet um, um, strategic bombing plane. So yeah, they're maritime strikes or bombers. First flight, the 30th of August, 1969. It's still in service and introduced in 1972. So yeah, they're still in use. But that's all. That that's all I have for today. For the, on the weekday bugle, and yeah, like I said, the siege of Mariupol continues, and uh, Putin's um, I'm trying to finish the job in Mariupol because of what happened in the Moscova. He's trying, he's trying to make up for it by trying to get it by trying to carve a nice victory against the Ukrainian folks. But the war continues, and the Don, and, and also in the Donbass, the war still continues over there as well, and it's getting intense. Thing, the next few weeks are going to be very interesting and scary to watch. But anyway, this has been John Day with the Weekday Bugle. Hopefully you all enjoyed my episode on the little rundown of the Siege of Mariupol. Um, and you all have a great evening. And have a good evening and good night.